Welcome to Flock Out, the official podcast of Beyond the Flock Media, where company owner Chris Dolan and media professional Christina Yanata engage in dialogues about the creative process, their love of films, and making your entrepreneurial ambitions a reality. Often we are joined by guests who consist of both clients of Beyond the Flock Media's services as well as collaborators who have worked with Chris or Christina. The conversation is free-flowing, starting with an exploration of the guests' history and inspirations, and then we flock out to who knows where. Today's guest is John Swain, owner and president of Logical Lighting and singer and songwriter of local hard rock group, Area 508. How's it going? So you um, own your own company and you're in a band. Um, was that something that you've always wanted to do? Like, how did you get to where you are today? Jeez. Uh, that is definitely not, I, I don't think anybody wants to do that. Uh, work <laughs> at all outside of music. Uh, you kind of get into music and, well, this is what I want to do. I want to do music and I'm going to be this uh, paid musician, or maybe I could be a rock star and I could be, oh, and then reality hits you and you're like, I need a, I need a job. But yeah, it's, it's how I fell into it all. I mean, when it's always an influence when you're young, you see something and you're like, that's cool. I think I could go into that direction. Music was easy to fall into and, and, you know, we're influenced by so many different musicians growing up. Um, but the weirdest one was I liked corn when I was young and, ended up getting like a video of corn uh where they were live in concert and i just saw it was actually fred durst it was uh, from lincoln park uh limp biscuit you know he just has a mic and he's just saying something to the crowd and and back then you know people actually liked limp biscuit it's changed over time but he was saying something to the crowd and the crowd said it back and it was that back and forth i was like that's really cool that was awesome i like i like the fact that he was able to reach out and, and and communicate with people and they and they enjoyed it and and were feeding off of each other i was like that's awesome i want to be a part of that the company side of things i just whatever i do i try to put everything into it you know chris is chris is very similar uh, to those watching this, you know, I know Chris very well. Chris is very much somebody that when he wants to do something, he's all in it. And, and uh, we, we definitely share that. So I, I've had multiple jobs in the past and, and getting into the lighting industry. When I got into it, I just sunk. I hit it hard because I said, I really like this. This is awesome. Got into a company, was working there for 12 years. I, I started it when it opened and one thing led to another and, and I became the owner in probably the worst year to ever try to start your own business. You mentioned corn, and I, I, I mean, I personally know John. I, I know you love corn. Um, I think there's something interesting about them, just about that particular band, how they've been able to reach, um, I think, uh, so many different people, like the diversity of people that really like that band. You know, I think their music really speaks to people. I mean, did you get that sense when you listened to them that there was something different about them, like what they were doing had like a global reach or maybe it was able to connect to people that, I don't know, um, didn't feel like they were 
able to connect to other people? <laughs> well, first with corn, it was just, it was more of like, what the hell is this? Like, what am I listening to? And I, I heard Freak on a Leash. I, I, I didn't find them until their third CD in, mm. you know, because they already had a couple albums, they're self-titled and then Life is Peachy and, and, and then they had Fall the Leader, which had Freak on a Leash on it. And I said, what is that? You know, he's making all those noises and, and, and practically, you know, beatboxing in a song. And my, my interest in music before that was just like, whatever somebody's playing, whatever somebody's playing, I liked yeah. everything. And, uh, but that was my, my intro to them and it just blew my mind. And then they came up with issues and that just seemed to fix my life. Mm -hmm. That's the reason why I, they became my favorite band. So at first it was just like, whoa, this, this sound is insane. But Issues was an album, you know, they've always talked about singing for the children and, and going out and, and trying to really help people because uh, Jonathan Davis, uh, I mean, it's, it's a commonly known fact that he was, uh, you know, molested as a child. Mm -hmm. And so his, his lyrics, his songs go towards, you know, kids and he was tortured, bullied. Um, so go towards like that kind of pain and giving people that outlet and issues is just like, that just blew my mind as the album like I put on and just like, yeah. oh my God, that's what made me want to write music. Yeah, t tell us about Area 508. How did that happen? How did everything, you know, coalesce to you creating this most recent band? Well, this one, this one started out as just a cover band. Mm -hmm. And uh, Varus uh, is the guitarist of the band and, and me and him have tried to do stuff in the past multiple times and life just keeps getting in the way. Life does that. I'm sure there are many things you guys think that, you know, I need to do this. And then all of a sudden a big bomb happens. You're like, oh, that can wait, that can wait. That uh, was Varus and I. So he's the kind of guy that when he, he would call me up and say, hey, are you interested? I, I'm already interested before he asked the question. As long as he's asking me if I'm into, yes, the answer is yes. But he, he said, you know, it's me and Rich. And Rich is, all right, I've already seen Varus play. Rich is like his drummer. They play in every band. They're both incredible. And I said, we're going to have this bassist. His name's Ralph. And I said, well, what's Ralph like? Because personality is huge. It's absolutely everything. He's like, well, uh, Ralph's a great guy. He's like, but if I was to be honest, I'd have to say he's probably the most talented member in the band, uh, which was spot on he's insane just great guys and like yeah we'll just play some cover we'll just play some covers and we started doing any band you could think of we like doing things that you don't expect mm. to hear from a cover band chris you came out you you yeah. you've seen uh our show and and heard that we'll do anything yeah, on brothers yeah, to, to whipping post <laughs> That was, oh, nice. That's, that's, that's a favorite. That's a favorite. We try to do the stuff that you wouldn't expect. You, you don't expect someone to do something that, you know, soul shine from the Allman Brothers, something that's calm and cool, relaxing. And next thing we're doing coaches and I'm screaming into the microphone. Uh, but these guys are so versatile that, that they can do all these sounds and, and make it sound legitimate and just keep that energy pumping and going. And we're not singing the stuff that, that is, is the hit on the radio or something like that. Maybe it was a hit at one point or something like that, but you have tons, tons, tons of bands out there that are just playing the newest thing that Adele did or, or you know, well, what is she, she's not doing as much now, but, or, or Taylor Swift song. Look, we just have a guy singing a Taylor Swift song. So that's cool, right? It's different. <laughs> um, but we just do this stuff that just rocks, that we love. And that was the idea when he called me up. He's like, we're sick of being in all these cover bands that just play uh, whatever's on the radio, whatever's hot. And we just want to play what rocks. And once we started playing, we looked at each other and was just like, this, this works. Like the chemistry between each other, we spend more time like complimenting each other. So it seems like it was very much a cover band when you, when this band started out. Um, 
was there a transition towards then creating your own material, like new material, or do you guys still just do covers? Yeah, we still have covers and, and do them, but right now that's all we're doing is recording our originals. But what happened was we got our first real show. And our first real show was Ralph, who was amazing, shows up and he's like, hey guys, yeah, uh, I got us a gig. We'll be opening for Puddle of Mud. And I was like, ha, 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 ha. You know, and he was just like, no, 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 we, we got the show. And I was like, our first show, we're opening for Puddle of Mud. And we all looked at each other like, we need, we need originals now. <laughs> we, <laughs> That's how I reacted when you told <laughs> like, me. Like, now's the time, guys. <laughs> yeah. So we only had, we only had to play for a half hour. This is six songs. You know, if you're, you, know, you want to be rough about it, I, we usually say like, you know, every five minutes would be a song, you know. So it's like, we need six songs. We'll go into it with three covers, three originals. And uh, we ended up picking one that I already made, one of my songs. And then, and then we just made two more for the show. And at the end of it, the, the feedback that we got from, from uh, you know, the crowd and, and people after, it was, you know, even though we were nobody, it was still blowing up. It was really cool. But uh, John, John, let's turn to the presence. Um, I mean, you have a company now and you started it this year. So tell me about... Uh, you know, the travails you had to go through to get this thing off the ground and what's your vision for this thing? Well, you're, I, I, I feel so bad saying this. I've really benefited this year a lot. And uh, I know a lot of people are screwed. Why would you feel bad saying that? Because <laughs> I know so <laughs> many people are so screwed. So many companies that have been around for years that have to close their doors and, uh, you know, people that have started their company this year that just went, oh my God, why did we do this? I hate myself and had to close immediately. <laughs> and and I, I do feel bad saying that I'm successful when so many people are, are, are suffering and struggling. But I, I did benefit this year just because it, it was it was really unexpected that I, I would own a company so quickly, so quickly. And what happened, just so many things at once that actually when COVID hit and things were shutting down, it allowed me to get on my feet for one, uh, because you need that you need that time because I, I completely restructured the company, changed the name, changed the location. Uh, you know, I, I went above and beyond because I was just trying to make something completely new, even though I was part of this company before I was taking control of it and trying to get new logos and new vehicles and all this stuff just like that for everything to shut down it gave me that time to do it but now i, I do landscape lighting it's 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 very much not um a necessity by any means like you'll you'll pretty much prioritize so many other things about your home uh before landscape lighting it is uh i i come over and i, I make your house uh beautiful i make it safe because you know nobody's gonna rob a lit home uh, I raise the property value by you having lighting on there. I, I do make it uh, safe in the sense that now you can walk around and, and, and you're not tripping over certain things or I'm expanding the usage of your property. But most people don't prioritize that. Uh, however, when they're stuck at home and they're not able to leave, they start looking around and go, no, I got to redo absolutely everything. I got to redo that. I can't take this. If I'm going to be stuck here, I need to, we're going to redo this whole masonry over here. I want, I want my landscaping done and I'm the one that comes in at the end, you know? So I, it's, it's really just high end homes uh, that I'm working with people that, that, that value lighting, understand it and they want their house to look uh, beautiful and, and want to enhance it. So I got the time to slow down, but then it was just a rush, just a rush. And I haven't slowed down since. And it's just been, uh, insane and very unpredictable because 
obviously I was, you know, I was sweating bullets when we started this year. <laughs> I was going, wait, what? Everything's shut down. But it's just been, it's, it's been amazing. It's been okay. absolutely amazing. John, are there a lot of companies that do what your company does? I mean, it, it sounds pretty specific, you know, just uh, pro providing that kind of design. I mean, it doesn't sound like you're, you're doing the landscaping per se. I mean, you're, you're doing the lighting just around the house. I mean, is, is yeah, there strictly, a... strictly the lighting. I look at it like uh, five do you, guys. Do you have a lot of competition in terms of other companies? Tons. Okay. But that's why I look at it like five guys. You know, any other burger places besides five guys? Everybody out there that's a restaurant serves a burger. Everybody does. But you think of five guys and you're like, they only do burgers. I, I, granted, they do some hot dogs and, and, and stuff there and, you know, like shakes or something, you know, but they're known for burgers and that's, that's what we do. So, so you do burgers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I install burgers on your property and yeah. it's delicious. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, you know, I picked, we picked one thing and, and you can yeah. find irrigation people that do lighting and landscapers that do lighting. And, um, but really around us, there's only one other company that does it, you know, only does lighting. And I mean, around us, um, there, there are tons of companies out there in other states that, that strictly do lighting, but to just concentrate on that one thing puts us above and beyond, you know, you're going to call a landscaper or an irrigation guy and say, Hey, I have this fixture. They're going to, I don't know what that is. I have no idea what the warranty is. I have no idea anything about that. And people can send me a picture or just describe something and I'll know absolutely everything about the fixture, uh, you know, what you have to do to it, what I have to do to it. You can go out there and just figure out somebody's property because this is literally all we do. You know, it's the, I think it's the better way to do things. You can, what do they call that? The jack of all trades, master of none, or you can pick one thing and do it really well and you start getting, getting respected for that. And, you know, I think that people around us have realized uh, before we became logical lighting that, that we were just, uh, we were the people to talk to if you needed answers, a quick turnaround and, mm -hmm. and a proper installation. I don't know if um, logical lighting is the best sense to describe you. I, I'd kind of put you, John Moore, as you're, you're grounded and I think you have a good sense of people. I mean, you, you know, like people's boundaries almost immediately when you meet them and you know how to talk to them and I think get people on your side and stuff or, you know, I don't know, just reassure them in a way that I think a lot of people don't have that gift. So, I mean, I'd probably call it like grounded lighting or something, you know? <laughs> but you do have a logical sense. I think you do, when we do talk about things, you're very rational, you know, A plus B equals C. <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, it's, you know, it's scary and you guys may know it from dealing with contractors, but I didn't realize how much my personality is, uh, not like anyone else around us. You know, people are so hurt, you know, jaded. They've been through so many traumatic experiences yeah. with contractors. They expect somebody to come over and immediately just see them as a wallet. And they're just trying to screw them over. I, I've met so many different people who are like, oh, I gave them a deposit. I never saw them again. Um, or they just come in there and they talk like a car salesman. I just talk as a human being and I, and I, I, I've realized that that relaxes people. I, I tried to be, I try to be natural on the job site. Not like Christina when she was reading the intro. Uh, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But yeah, I didn't realize how much that played into it. You make somebody feel comfortable. Uh, they, they tend to trust you, which is huge. You know, yeah. how many times have you seen somebody come over your house? entrusted them you know they come over to fix something in your house and you're just like great what do you want how are you going to screw me over what is this charge how is this going to add up secretly in the end and and i just you're nice to people they yeah. they tend to be more relaxed and repeat business yeah
So let's 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 talk about the future. Um, now, I, Area Five Hundred Eight. Um, you guys probably haven't been doing too many shows this year. I think you did one or two, right? So, like, what does the future of that look like? Uh, we are writing. I'm, I actually sent out tracks last night mm -hmm. uh, to two groups. So I have Area Five Hundred Eight, and do you remember Junkbox? It's it's really just me and my buddy Dave Packard, and it's it was like it's been my favorite band. It's one of John's uh, that I've been bands. in. Yeah, it's just me and one other guy. We write, write and perform everything because we we play all the instruments together. You know, we play everything, and we've been, I've been doing stuff a lot with Dave, and and what we're trying to do is take advantage of the time that we have. And yeah. with Junkbox, we're going in different directions and sounds. Because oh, I've always been e either in in rock or metal or or some sort of rock or even blues. You know, with 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 Dave, it's all over the place where it'd be like, you know, even a pop song or, or uh, you know, a funk song or something like that. It's whatever just sounds good. Uh, I, I love absolutely everything. I'm not that jerk that just says like, oh, I love everything except country uh, or except this. No, I, I like it all. And sometimes that can be a pain to some people because like, oh, how do you, you know, you start saying like, well, I like that. I'm sorry. And they're just like, oh, I bet you like it. I do. I like it. Yeah. I like Nickelback, you know, and, and I get tortured for that one. I don't even care. I don't even, even Christine care. Christine is making a face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Every, everyone, everything out there has, you know, potential. And, and I try not to dismiss anything. And, uh, you know, even with Christina, you know, you, made a face with Nickelback. That was a big one because it was like, it was like everybody was jumping on the bandwagon. I remember seeing like, let's see if this pickle could get more likes than Nickelback. And I'm like, why are you hating this band? It didn't make, yeah. actually the more people just openly hate something, the more I, you know, I tend to sympathize. I automatically feel bad with that thing. Like this poor thing, like, man. Uh, but I, but I was a fan of their music. I went out there and, and, and listened to it and just like with the people around me, I give everyone a chance, you know, just because someone might be dingy or, or smelly, uh, doesn't mean they're not amazing in other, other aspects. You just have to deal with that, that, that smell in the meantime. Um, but yeah, you have to keep that open mind. You know, Chris, you, I know you watch a lot of films and some, some funky stuff and you make a lot of different, uh, funky films too. Or if you haven't made it, you're writing. And I've, I've heard, many ideas of yours in the past and very impressed because I feel like it does go off in like different directions for you. And, I'm impressed uh, that you watch the films I suggest, like you won't fall asleep by like some people we know. Um, you know? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I always am open yeah. to being entertained and I, I get really drawn into, I don't like people talking during a film, uh, not, not like a psycho, like, I oh, shut up, you know, but I really like to let the story take me somewhere. Same thing with music. Like you wrote this. Okay. I'm going to give you my full attention. Take me somewhere. Is, is there any film that you have a special connection to? Like you found yourself rewatching more times than a, you know, the average human being should, um, uh, you know, or coming you know, back to. If if I'm going to be rewatching something, it's going to be it's it's going to be you know something that everybody knows and loves and rewatches yeah. a million times. That's okay. I mean, that means I think that means something if a film yeah. has that much rewatch value. What is there any film or anything you just can you name anything that 
I just watched Jurassic Park for like the hundredth time throughout <laughs> my life. And I just sat there <laughs> as completely enthralled as I was the first time I saw it in theaters. And, uh, you know, there's certain movies that, that really just hit you in that right way where I feel like I could watch forever and ever. I, I just showed uh, my daughter, I just showed her all of the Evil Dead movies and uh, <laughs> The Thing. Yeah. Uh, the original thing. No, that's one of my uh, favorite movies. The, the best special effects like of all time. It's hands down. so good. Uh, the Rob movies Bertine. that, you know, and these, these movies have affected me in a way like that are just on another level where I need it. I need to see it again. So I just see it and I'm scrolling through and it's like the hundredth time I'm watching Jurassic Park, but I just, it's that feeling you watch it and it's just like, it just pulls you into their world and the way they made it look so real, just like the thing, you know, you're watching yeah, it like, ah! but you want to talk about like connection. I saw this with you, you know, one that I'll never forget. Someone's just like, what's a good movie? It was her. Do you remember her? Mm, Joaquin you're, Phoenix. Yep. I came out of that film. Spike Jones. Yeah. I came out of that film and immediately went to the bathroom. Not because, <laughs> not because <laughs> it made me feel a particular way. I, it was just so perfectly balanced that I was so satisfied coming out of it that I went right to the bathroom because I was just like, I don't want to listen to anybody talk about this film. Yeah. I don't even want to discuss it. it I was course. so satisfying that I didn't want to hear anybody badmouth it. And I didn't want to hear anybody even explore it. I just wanted to yeah, you want absorb to feel it, it you and know? just, yeah, let it, let it keep Damn. coming in. For those that are watching this or Christina, yeah. have you seen her? Yes, and I do not feel the same way as you guys do. <laughs> when I saw it, I, so, well, so before I saw it, um, I can't remember what year it came out, um, but in college, I had read this book called Feed. I can't remember who wrote it, um, but it was basically the same premise where um, it was in the future and technology had advanced so much that basically, like, your smartphones were implants into your head. And that book terrified me so much that I was like, I'm not going to have kids. Like, <laughs> oh, like it completely shifted. Yeah. Like, because I could just see how like our society could easily shift towards that. And I saw that with her and I'm just like, this is the same thing. Like, mm. and not only that, but people are like loving this movie for like how it's, you know, a, like people were seeing it as like a good like nice romance film and stuff and i'm just like no it's it's not that this is not okay like hello people this is a warning like we can't be doing this yeah. so yeah i i um i i experienced something different with that um yeah. but then again and i'm very much like technology is just a tool like it, it's a thing whether it's digital or whether it's you yeah. know something physical like a box Let's um, turn back to logical lighting to wrap this up. Um, you know, what is what what's what does it look like going forward? Like, um, I don't know. What's what's your plan for logical lighting for like the next five years? Like, what does you know, it look like in five years? <laughs> that's a good question. You know, a lot of people are like, okay, we have to take this and we have to blow it up. And the previous owner uh, of the company, that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to make it huge. And I've always thought that when you make something huge, people at the top really benefit and the people that are really going through everything do not. Trying to keep it small. Trying to keep it super small, that way everybody in there 
can benefit. It's not just me at the top. Well, I'm at the helm, so I get more money because I'm at the helm. No, everybody out there in the field or, you know, if you're going to be in the office or something like that, everybody should benefit. So the smaller I can keep it, do more work with less people, everybody at the end of the year is, is financially set. Hopefully, that's what I'm going towards. Uh, so my idea is to see just how far I can go before it, it even having to expand or even limiting what I take in because honestly there's only so much a company can do. You have to make that decision and, and that decision is do I you know, deny this work and possibly not get it in the future or do I expand the company and gamble that I can maintain the new level of growth that came in. I really want to keep it small. We've had a, a, a fantastic year. I, I'm not the person that wants this major corporation. The bigger it can get, the worse a company can become. Mm -hmm. You stop. You stop seeing all the little, uh, the little nuances or, or, or uh, you know, details um, that made you the company that you were at one point. Yeah. If um, you ever need any video in your marketing, give us a call. <laughs> Oh, you know I will. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be an emotional fun. film. Yeah. Yeah. Why do I need lighting? I don't know. <laughs> By Chris Dolan. Yeah. Oh God. Uh, I think yeah. that 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 your plan um, sounds pretty good. That you know you're just um, not necessarily looking to make things big because I feel like a lot of time when people try to like just make things big. Um, they run into either more obstacles or they find that they're not reaching their goals as quickly as they want and they become more upset or they feel like they're not succeeding as well. And I feel mm. like you're on that right path to get to where you want to be. So I think that's a really good mindset to have and that others yeah. should have a good mindset like that too. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not that I'm like, a, you know, I, crazy about wanting to control things, but I, I want consistency. Yeah. You know, you look mm -hmm. at you look at what Ellen's been going through uh, in her whole her whole TV show and what's been going on there and the accusations behind it. I mean, that scares someone like me, you know, where it's like Ellen. And I don't know. I don't think any of us will know all the facts to what's going on. But on Ellen's point of view and what she's saying is that I had no idea that all these people underneath me were behaving this way. The mm -hmm. end result has still been the end result. Yeah. And we've accomplished mm -hmm. the goal and we've kept our ratings and our viewers. And I, I just want to be sweet and wonderful to everybody. And I, I didn't know it was so toxic. And, and, and yeah. that's the thing that scares me um, as, as an owner. I never want to get so big that I don't know that one of my guys in the field is beha behaving in an inappropriate way or going through something and needs help. Right. I, want, I want to be hands-on if someone's struggling that works underneath me or with me. You know, that, that I want everybody to be well taken care of, well understood, and, and that their needs are, are met. You can't do that um, as an owner when you're getting bigger. You have to hope that the guy underneath you is taking care of the people underneath them who are taking care of the people underneath them, and then it gets completely lost. You just need one one bad one bad person in that, and it's not this well-oiled machine. It just falls apart. I, I heard this analogy recently that... Um if you're talking about something like discrimination or something, it's it's hard to see your own discrimination towards others because you're a fish swimming in the water and you can't see that you're a fish swimming in the water, um, kind of. And I'm, I'm relating this to what you're saying about, um, I guess, Alan, or just like, you know, you have this thing that's being created on the surface, it looks great, but all the mechanics inside are kind of broken and misunderstood. 
And I've always understood things like discrimination and racism to be like that. We all, I think, to some level do these things, but we're not, might not be cognizant of them. <laughs> and so it's like through a process of mindfulness that you begin to pick up on them and improve your own habits and behaviors and hopefully start to develop empathy for those that are, I think, you know, going through adversity that you may not be cognizant of. So, sure. And I, I, I appreciate that, you know, you're, you seem to be really cognizant of that as a company. You're taking your time, I think, to be mindful of each step in terms of the growth of this thing and the people that you bring on and how they're treated and the relationship you're building with them because you, you want something that lasts, you know? <laughs> exactly. And you want to get longevity out of, out yeah. of uh, you know, the people that you work with. You know, Trevor is, Trevor is my go-to guy. He's my mm -hmm. number one. Uh, and I want to make sure that he comes to work going, great, just a new day to work. This is what it is. He's not going to be like, woo, let's work. Awesome. I don't need that. You know, yeah. that's the person you don't want working with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if they come in super bubbly, then, then they're screwing you somehow. Get out of here. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, you know, you want them to be like, this is my job. I'm loyal here. I'm respected. Yeah. I, I, I'm paid properly. And if I need time off, I'm not looked at like I'm screwing the company. We're all, we're all equal here and working together towards a greater goal to have a better life, to be happy. That's everybody's, should be everybody's personal goal. I think is to be happy and whatever that entails. And, and for us, it's like, well, how can we be happy if, if it's just trudging through and just trying to work and get through the day so I can be happy on the weekends. My job sucks. I hate my life, you know? <laughs> It needs to, you need to feel satisfied uh, with your job. And, and not everybody gets to do that, but I want people yeah. that, to work with me to experience that. Thank you for listening. For more information about Beyond the Flock Media, check out our website, beyondtheflockmedia.com. Or you can catch the latest news and updates on our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook pages. Until we meet again, don't forget to flock out. <laughs>